I only know one way. That's the Padre way. I'm proud as heck to be a San Diego Padre. I played for one team. I played in one town. Smith is ready. Win waiting to pitch. There's a drive. Right center field. Base hit. And there it is. Ho-ho. Doctor. You can hang a star on that, baby. A star for the ages for Tony Gwynn. Number 3,000. All right, everybody, welcome back to the 5.5 podcast off-season emergency edition. Uh, the Padres have been making a number of moves, but no bigger than the one that Ken Rosenthal broke here a few hours ago. Eric, it looks like Tommy Pham is about to put on the old brown and gold. I cannot tell you how fucking pumped I am sitting in my futon in my living room at uh, 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> Well, you already cursed, and that ruined it. I was going to say, A.J. Preller, you son of a gun. You did it again. <laughs> Love the pickup, man. I couldn't be more excited. Couldn't be more excited to have fam on the squad. A.J. Preller is doing his best Batman impression. He's taking the fall, trading Arias, like the end of the Dark Knight. Then at the end of the Dark Knight Rises, he is becoming a hero once again by actually taking on Tommy Pham. That is an absolute amazing pickup. Um I actually, funny enough, I never mentioned this because we don't pod, but I thought about Fam as a pickup and wonder if the Rays would dump him since, uh, you know, he makes, uh, you know, almost $10 million. So, unfortunately, the Padres traded for him before I could tweet it out. But nonetheless, Fam is an absolutely great pickup. I don't know about the defense. He's probably going to play left field, which is just fine. But Jesus Christ, he rakes. He is a legitimate major league ad for Preller, an absolute coup, especially given what we're what we're giving up. How did you feel about Edwards? being in the deal you know Edwards is just an extra piece like I I think he's going to be a quality major league player I think you know he's he's a good prospect but at the end of the day like we said you have to give to get and we gave something that we can afford to give up does anyone really care Renfro's gone I I don't think so I I don't care I certainly don't I certainly don't it's amazing to me that they're able to do this would you agree Edwards is the main piece of the trade or is it about oh yeah absolutely I mean um you know, with the Rays, they're pretty savvy. Renfro does – I don't know how the hell this happened, but maybe somebody can explain it to me. Um, but Renfro does come with four years of control despite three seasons in the majors. Um, so I think that's part of it. The Rays do have a tendency, um, and they're very well known to take advantage of platoons. And Renfro is essentially Babe Ruth against left-handers. <laughs> so he's probably going to get, you know, two or 300 at-bats, 80, 75, 80% of them against lefties, um, and just absolutely mash which is great for him. But, you know, when you're a team like the Padres, you know, and you've got to try to maximize every position you can, um, I think that's a hell of a deal. Um, I think with Edwards, though, maybe he's the main piece. The The Rays are stacked with uh, middle infield prospects. They have their own version of Fernando Tatis Jr. in Wander Franco. Um, they have uh, Lucius Fox. Uh, speaking of Batman references, Lucius Fox is another middle infielder for them. Um, so they have up the middle prospects. So I wonder um, if maybe they might move Edwards out to the outfield. Maybe they move him to second base. Maybe they use him as a super utility. Um, who knows? But I think it's equal parts. Equal parts getting a left-handed masher um, in Renfro, who kills left-handed pitching. He plays good defense in the corners. Um, and then also getting a you know top prospect, the number five prospect in the Padres system. But uh, personally, I'm okay with this. I, I I liked Xavier Edwards. He was a nice prospect. My biggest concern was name me a prospect or name me a player in Major League Baseball right now with his profile. I can't like, do it. Like name me a guy 
Yeah, you can do it. I mean, you and, and name me a guy who has a profile that's actually good. Like, I think of a guy like D. Gordon, you know, would be a comp, right? A guy who's super fast, plays up the middle, um, you know, makes a lot of contact. Uh, Edwards probably is going to walk a little bit more, maybe. But I've, I mean, we've had this conversation with John Conniff, who was always quick to try to shut me down, um, <laughs> that I would comp him to Billy Hamilton and that, yeah, you know, Hamilton hit really well in the minor leagues. He didn't have any power. And the concern with Hamilton as a prospect was, is he going to drive the ball enough so that, you know, he can actually get deep into counts, work walks, and actually get on base? Now, maybe Edwards is a better, more advanced hitter. I don't, I wouldn't, you know, argue against that. But again, he's a guy who statistically from what I've gathered has low exit velocities and low launch angles. So he doesn't drive the ball and he doesn't hit the ball hard. Um, his speed's going to play and his patience will play, but yeah, there's not a lot of guys with that profile, you know, making soft contact and running all over the bases. Yeah. Um, maybe with Merrifield, but even then he's got some pop. So that's why I'm okay with Edwards going. And I do think um, Abrams, made Edwards more expendable in, in the big year that he had. I think that's the biggest thing is that, okay, well, we're losing Edwards. He's already blocked it short, but, you know, Arias had a really good year in, in single A as a 19-year-old. And, of course, Abrams just hit the ground running. I mean, he, he had a superstar debut. Um, and I think that's the big reason why the Potters are okay with dealing uh, Edwards. And, of course, that's a pretty that's a pretty pretty good pickup for the Rays. They get 10 years of control for two major league quality players, Edwards potentially, uh, for two years of fam. That's still a good trade on Tampa side. I think it's a win-win, honestly, for both teams. Yeah, when you look at it, just from the Padres' point of view, Edwards is someone that I'm very comfortable parting with, basically because of what you said. I mean, it, it really makes the path clear for C.J. Abrams to become our second baseman of the future for a long time. I mean, you look at it now, like what what's going to get you from what we have now to – uh, C.J. Abrams at second base, and you have uh, Profar, who they just traded for, and he's here for one year. And then you have your boy, uh, or uh, Conniff's boy, Cheese Boy, uh, Miller, who can play second base. So that should kind of bridge the gap. We'll see uh, next year from Edwards what he has. But as far as giving – or did I say Edwards? I meant C.J. Abrams. Edwards uh, Abrams. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what he has. But I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable giving up a guy like Edwards because what has the Padres' offense sorely needed – for the past forever on base. And what does Tommy Pham do? And he power. gets on base and he hits for power. I dude, I absolutely love the pickup. It's something that we needed. I feel like this is like, this is Preller. Preller's the guy, like he doesn't leave any stone unturned. And that's why I have so much faith in him. And I even put earlier today, cause after AC's article came out about, Oh, Strasburg and Cole, we're not even going to meet with them because of the price. I was like, Eh, I mean, it's fine. It's December 5th. Let's let's chill out. There's still other moves that are going to be made. Like, we don't have to focus on this. And what does he do? He goes out and gets the, the offense even better. I think Fam is a fantastic pickup, dude. He's going to be put out in left field. He's going to play left field every single day. He's our everyday left fielder. Here's something I want to throw out to you. I think this trade today seals it in stone that Myers is gone. And here's why I say Oh, yeah, that. absolutely. Here, here's why I say that. Fam is your left fielder every day, no matter what. Grisham, who they just traded for, I'm assuming they're going to give him at least 500 plate appearances, right? Yeah, they absolutely have to. So there's, there's no point right in trading, you know, there's your for right a platoon fielder. guy. Exactly. Margot's going to be out in center field. Maybe you have Franchi. I, I don't know. Either Will Myers is a 22, $21, 22000000 million fourth outfielder. Or there's another trade coming and Myers player, is yeah. gone. Like he's he's gone I, I, at this I point. Can see and, Myers being gone. 
I, I would like that too. And the question is like, are, are we going to eat a lot of money or are we going to attach a better prospect so we don't have to um, send as much money, if any at all, and we can focus the money we would save on Myers on other outlets, be it a pitcher, maybe then we'll, gu- we'll jump into that um, into that race for Cole or Strasburg. I don't know, I, and it's it's a really exciting time, and this trade really opens up a lot for us, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my take on that is, I mean, here's here's a different way to look at it. It's a, a bit of out of the box thinking, right? So, Sam is projected to make about eight to nine million dollars in arbitration. Renfro is probably sitting around three or four. So they're basically taking on $4 million of additional payroll by getting FAM. I could easily see them saying, fuck it, we were going to pay him anyways. We'll pay down 60%, 70% of Myers' contract and then maybe throw in like Naylor or, you know, I mean, I, I would hope they would be able to package Morahone for something better, but, you know, or Morahone, right? Doing something like that um, to get somebody um, to fill in the rotation. Um, but I could see them doing that and saying, you know what, we're going to pay him $20 million anyways. We might as well just pay another team 12 to 15 mil. We save basically the difference that we were going to pay um, between, you know, Renfro and now adding on fam anyways. So we'll consider that a break even because we upgraded from two, you know, marginal, you know, slash, you know, limited or role playing type of players. Cause that's what Myers is at this point. I mean, he's basically the only thing you could really do with him is maybe platoon him with Grisham. And I think that'd be a waste at least now I want to see if Grisham, you know, over a full season, um, can be an everyday guy, not a platoon player. I think he's too young to, to try that. So right. yeah, at this point, I, I do think they're going to eat more salary, um, to give up a lesser prospect. I can't see Preller making too big of a dent unless it's for guys like, you know, Morahone or Naylor, you know, guys that if you move them off the roster, it's not going to hurt, right? Like Morahone, you know, I would, I would, I would, yeah, Quant- yeah, I mean, Quantro might help because here's the thing, like with, with pitchers, you know, they have that three batter minimum now, you know, and Quantro is basically one of three or four guys competing for that uh, fifth spot in the, on the rotation. But he could easily be a weapon out of the bullpen where you can give him two or three innings. Um, so uh, it'll be interesting to see where they go that route. But I do think, yeah, absolutely. I don't think they take on Sam if they're not expecting in some way, shape or form, whether they whether they release him um, or whether they just eat 60, you know, 65, 70% of what's left on his contract um, to dump him to another team. Cause there's teams that'll take him on, you know I mean? If you, I don't know if he's going to get, you know, $10 million a year. I don't think a team will take Myers at 10. I think they'll take him at five or seven. And if that's what it's going to take, well, great. The money they save, they just give the fam and they still break even on the payroll. So they, you know, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing gained, nothing lost. And it's addition by subtraction because now Myers is out of here. And maybe you can platoon Franchi in, in center field, you know, with Margot. I think that would work. I think that makes us a lot better. So um, it definitely opens up the door. I do want to ask a question. I, I'm curious as your thoughts, because you mentioned, you know, what do the Padres need? They need guys to get on base. They need guys to hit for power. Um, Fan has slugged uh, no lower than 450 um, since coming up and really breaking through in 2015. He was with the Cardinals, um, your family team. He broke through in 2015. He slugged 477 that year. And ever since then, he's just been uh, raking. He did one year at 440. But still, he, he gets on base. He hits for extra bases. Um, my concern with the Padres isn't so much their pitching. It was actually their offense, which is why I really like this move. I question the Brewers trade, which we can touch on later, um, especially because they got Davies back. Um, but my biggest concern with this team, considering what they have in the pipeline coming this year, was the offense. So I, I want to hear your take. Like, do you, I mean, obviously this is a great 
a great pickup. We I think we we're going to agree on that to the end of time. Um, but uh, what's your take on that? Do you think the pitching was a bigger need, or is is, is the fan pickup big not just because it's what we need, but because it's it's clearly the biggest need as far as pushing this roster forward? Yeah, they're kind of in a weird spot because when you look at the rotation, there's two very obvious uh, solutions that are in Double A Amarillo, and that's Mackenzie Gore and Luis Patino. But the thing is, like, they're not going to yeah. be here opening day, um, arguably for Gore. But yeah, Patino, I mean, I feel like they're the answer. Not. Yeah, I feel like they are the answers for the rotation. It's just they're not there right now. The offense is terrible. The offense has been terrible. So yeah, absolutely, that's the biggest uh, need in my eyes. And when I'm looking at it. It's just like, I look at the Urias trade, and I was so big on Urias because throughout the minor leagues, power, no power, whatever, he always got on base. Always got on base. And, yeah. you know, the team needs even Even in his time in, in the majors, he still got on base at, you know, it wasn't great, but it wasn't like he's, he didn't hit like 220 with a 250 on base. There's still a decent gap where he's still drawing walks and he's not hitting. Right. I viewed him as a as a great table setter, and and him being gone, I mean, you know, it sucks. But I look at Grisham's stats, and I see Grisham gets on base. We know Fam gets on base, and my concerns are being alleviated, re- like slowly but surely. It's it's getting there to that point, and and I'm looking at the offense now. And you and I were talking before we started recording, and we're kind of trying to figure out the lineup at this point in time, in which. I mean, it, it's probably a fool's errand because I'm sure there's going to be other moves that are made. But when you kind of look at the top three in particular, it's like, man, do you keep Tatis at the leadoff or do you put Fam in the leadoff? Either way, I mean, what I would probably do, I'd probably go Fam, Tatis, Machado. You can swap those two out if you want. doesn't matter. That's a solid top three. That's a solid top of yeah. the first every single night. So I, I think... Uh, I, I think agree. those guys at the top are, are nice. And then you see, you know, Grisham's on his way. Grisham's a high on base guy. You know, maybe maybe it goes Fam, Grisham, Tatis, Machado. Who knows, dude? Who knows? I just, the more options that get on base, the better. Because you got to get on base to score. You have to score to win. And and that's the end, that's the end of the story. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really high on the trade. And honestly, as much as the Urias trade, you know, kind of stung just because he was gone and I love the guy, I, I really like that trade also. Yeah, see, I'm split on that one, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, I, I I'll piggyback on your your lineup ideas. Yeah, we were. Yeah, I think I think a combination of you know, Fam, uh, Tatis one two. I think either or works. I'd probably bat Tatis two just because he has more pop, and then Machado three. Ideally, the ideal lineup would be um, Grisham leading off since he's the walks guy of the of the four. I, I, he's the guy and. Uh, He's the one that's supposed to be, you know, he draws a lot of walks. He has good patience. That's what he's done in the minors. You know, his entire minor league career is, is post a high walker. He's basically Urias, except he has more raw power. Not game power, but raw power. Um, as far as, like, what I've read on his, his fan graphs uh, gradings that came out last year. So, ideally, Grisham takes, and, you know, he's basically the leadoff. And at that point, you're just running it out there with, you know, whether it's you know, Fam two, Machado three, Tatis four, Tatis two, Fam three, Manny four, whatever. Like any combination of that, um, I think would be amazing. Um, and so hopefully that's what happens because then it makes the lineup deeper. You can push other guys down, like Hosmer, who right now would probably be the four hitter. Ideally not, but like that's I can't see who else they would put in there right now. If assuming that you know they're not going to let Grisham lead off. Um, as far as the Grisham trade, you know, I'm still. Is he on it? It, it, it? And I understand, you know, with Urias, you know, he did not perform at the major league level. Um, you know, even though was, I, I think 
judging a guy on 200 at bats is, is a fool's errand. Um, my guess is there's probably something internally going on where they just felt like, you know, for whatever reason, you know, he's just not going to be the guy for them. Um, Preller is known to ship off guys that aren't his guys, right? You know, he's, he's has no issues um, as we've seen, which makes the Edwards deal surprising. Cause I thought, like, yeah, you know, to me shipping off a just shows like, you know, to me, that just speaks to how much, you know, Preller buys into Edwards and now he just traded him. So I think it just more so Abrams now than anything, but um I, I I get the idea of why they'd like Grisham. I'm just maybe I need to, you know, some updated scouting reports. You know, I don't know how recent the fan graph stuff was, but like I read through his tools and they're not like great. Like he doesn't hit for a high average, you know, his hit tools low. Uh his in game power, like actually getting into his power in games is not rated very highly. Um he's not particularly fast. He's not slow, but he's not fast. Um and he's not great on defense, you know, at least based on what he's being graded as. Um, as a prospect, you know, his future value as a prospect was lesser than um, Arias. Uh, now, maybe that's because of positional um, value, too. Like, he's a corner outfielder, right? So, if he doesn't hit for power and he's not an on base machine, like, you know, like a Brett Gardner type or like we think Trammell's going to be, um, or he just rakes and it's just doubles all over the place, you know, that hurts your value. But I want him to do well. Yeah, I'm not going to shit on him because he's traded for a guy that I was really rooting for. I really want him to do well. I hope that whatever Preller and company sees in them, you know, that that's, that's what we get. So if he turns into an on-base machine that slugs 430, 450 every year, that's good enough for me. You know, that's, that's better than the offensive Reyes was going to give you. Um, and, you know, getting fan and pro far, who probably is going to be as good as Arias is going to be this year. And like a lateral move just for more money. That's good enough because now with fam in there and now Grisham and Myers now basically being out, um, I do think they are now officially better now than they were when the season ended. And that was my biggest concern with their previous moves. Well, also how I'm looking at, I'm kind of writing it down here on the side is think about where we were going into, you know, this last season, 2019, it's all the talk about the the outfield log jam and, oh man, we have all these outfielders and not many spots. And you look at it, it's like we had Fran Mill and Renfro and, Myers, Margot, Franchi, and Jankowski. And now you look at it and it's fam. You have Grisham. You have Tramel waiting in the wings. You have Margot. Myers is still there. I just feel like it's it's such an immense upgrade from where we were <laughs> going into this previous season. I I love it, dude. I, I can't get over it. I like I really can't. It's it's such a tremendous upgrade and fam brings that legitimacy like he's not a guy like everyone's 100%. talking about Corey dickerson oh man maybe we can get him to platoon for renfro it's like oh hey man i was on that train <laughs> yeah but like we're trying to win. <laughs> yeah i know but like we want studs you know what i mean i want someone that's gonna get my dick rock yeah. hard and well, guess yeah, what a platoon absolutely. guy doesn't do that for me tommy fam does that no tommy fam absolutely oh, yeah. does that and i'm i'm just I'm looking at it and I love that. I love the pickup because it, again, it brings that legitimacy, dude. It's just like, it's not a guy that's a part-time guy. Hey, maybe he'll bounce back. It's not Hanniger. Like, Hey, we're going to have to, we're going to have to give up a shit ton to get him. And he has multiple injuries. He's, he's bouncing back from, yeah, he's solid, but he's kind of a question yeah. mark. This is not a question mark. This is an exclamation point. So I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled yeah, about absolutely. it. Absolutely. And fam is better than Hanniger. Now the, the, the fam has one less year of control. I think he's a year or two older. Um, but he's better. I mean, he's legitimately and arguably better than Hanniger. Um, and we didn't give up a lot to get him. I mean, we gave up one legitimate prospect um, that you know we've come to agreement on. Like we don't really 
care. Right? Like I'm not attached to, to Xavier Edwards, but um, no, I agree with you. I think, you know, and, and I was on the Corey Dickerson train, namely because, you know, I'm a Padre fan. I'm set up to be disappointed. So I thought, Oh, you know, they'll sign him, him and, you know, put him with Renfro. I think that'd be, you know, a winning combination. Um, but this absolutely pushes them, I think, towards towards wildcard contention. Because I may have said this on the previous episode. It's been a while since we recorded. But I know I've told you, you know, and, and we've talked to, you know, the Mad Friars guys and whatnot. And I've said, I believe, you know, that just based on just having full seasons of Tatis, having a full season of uh, Paddock, you know, getting Richards for more than, you know, one start, a full season of Lament, like a Paddock, Lament, Tatis, full seasons, right? Um, you get, uh, you know, the bullpen was a lot better the second half once they added Baez and once they added uh, Munoz. You're getting Castillo back, ideally. Um, Machado, I think you can buy into a bounce back here. He's going to bounce back. I think all that considered pushed them closer to 500 uh, than maybe the pessimist part. And maybe I'm being optimistic, but I do think on paper, after the World Series ended, I do I did feel like, yeah, you know, they're, they're pretty close to 500. I, I think just because of natural progression – and that doesn't include like what they may or may not get out of Gore, what they may or may not get out of Patino. Um, if Mejia and uh, Margot, you know, play up to how they played the second half when they came back up or, you know, Margot's case started getting to play more, you know, there's other factors involved um, that made me feel like, yeah, you know, they're probably around a 500 team. Um, I mentioned pro far. I do think at, at, at the very worst, ideally that's just a lateral move. I wish Urias the best. I'll be rooting for him. Uh, in that racist ass town, but uh, I do think getting pro far, like at least you know, like that. I mean, technically that's an upgrade. You know, he's better than he's better than Greg Garcia um, a couple of years ago. He's better than uh, Kinsler. Clearly, he's better than Arias as it stands. And you know, he he had a rough April, but pro far from basically May on was good. He wasn't great. He wasn't an all star, but he was good. He's an average, above average, everyday player. So that's an upgrade. You know. Grisham, I don't think is going. Even if Grisham does what he did last year with Milwaukee, like he's better than Myers. Um, you can argue he's better than Renfro. Um, you know, as much pot, but he gets on base about as much. And you know, I don't know how he's going to play defense, but still, you know, he's a marginal, you know, improvement at the very at the very worst, depending on which outfield you're you're comparing him to. Um, he's definitely better than Martini, and uh, then you have Davies, who's really the only guy that doesn't make sense. Like. I'm not a big Eric Lauer guy, but I wouldn't have given him up for fucking Zach Zach Davies, right? That's the Davies we got. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, that's See, that, like, was, that me, was that was a little bit of a little bit of a head scratch. A weird one. But, you know. I, I I I think I think they really wanted Grisham and the Brewers, who are really cheapening out. It looks like like they let Ames go. <laughs> they're letting basically everybody go. Uh, they let Grandal go. Um, I think I think the Brewers were just like, hey, look, like we like Grisham, we really like Arias, we want him to be a shortstop, so uh, we'll give you Grisham, um, but we want to like dump some money. So what if you take we take on Lauer and you guys take on Davies? I have I have a feeling that that's why the Padres took him on. It was more like they really like Grisham, so they might as well eat five million to get him, um, and then give up Lauer, who you know is what I mean. I feel like that's a wash, anyways, but. Um, yeah, man, I, I really do feel like, you know, with with fam added and, the, you know, the more I look at it and kind of take a step back and, and try to be objective about it, I, I do think right now, as it stands, their 80, 85 wins is not unrealistic, especially considering we're not even at the winter meetings yet. You right. know, it's like, no, we're, we're not we're not set up ready to go for the winter meetings. We don't know 
what's going to happen as far as starting pitching goes. Um, we don't know if they're going to swing a trade. I mean, there's guys that, that are maybe available uh, that they might get, but uh, it's fucking interesting. I mean, Preller is not fucking around. I, I'll give him that. He's he's given stuff to talk about. Oh, yeah. He, def- he definitely is. And, you know, part of it's to be said, we're like, eh, you know, I'm not really sure about the, the starting pitching, but you look at it, it's like, hey, maybe they're going the route of like, hey, our – our starters are kind of hit or miss, but guess what? Our bullpen is elite because I, I really like the Pomeranz yeah. pickup. I mean, whatever he's getting paid, I don't really care. But man, coming out of the bullpen last year, he was really good. He was really, really good, and and I feel like he's they really beefed up their bullpen. Plus. Yeah, yeah, and I mean they know him too, right? It's not like he's an unknown commodity. I mean, he basically came over here and they turned him into a two pitch pitcher. They throw your fucking heater. And throw your curveball and don't throw anything else. Like well, you that don't was need Ballsley, those other and Ballsley's and, gone now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, Ballsley, isn't he? I thought he's still at the organization. But I mean, how much of it was Ballsley, and how much of it was just Preller? Like, hey, we should probably do this, right? Like, I, I think it's a concerted effort. It might have been partly Ballsley, but I think it's a concerted effort. And even if it wasn't, at the end of the day, they have that data on him already, so they already know. Like, hey, when he was here, this was his pitch mix. You know, ninety percent of the time, it was whatever it may have been, you know, 75% of the time it was fastball, curveball, fastball, curveball. Like, we're going to stick with that, and we're going to throw him out of the bullpen. He can give you one or two innings, but, yeah, I I, I think – because, again, they're going to have 26 roster spots now, right? And then 25, they get the extra roster spot, which is absolutely huge. And then they have the three batter minimum going into effect as well, which I think plays well to them. I could, I, I would agree with you. I think our starting pitching is better than people give it credit for. I think Paddock is closer – like, I don't think he's a true top-of-the-rotation starter, but I do think he's closer to being an ace than people give him credit for. He pitches well third time through the order. He has excellent command. He doesn't need a third pitch to get three times through um, because he does have great command. He does have a wipeout changeup. When he's on, he's on. So I, I do think their starting pitching is a little bit better than people might give him credit for. But, yeah, if they decide to carry, you know, I mean, we know it's, it's Yates, it's Pomeranz, it's Munoz, um, it's probably Baez, it's probably uh, Castillo. Strom's going to be in there as well. And then, you know, if they want to carry a seventh or eighth arm uh, because they have that extra roster spot now, if you throw Quantrill in there, it's basically like, hey, starters, like, yeah, we want you guys to go seven or eight. Like, we know Paddock's going to give us six, seven every night. It's just, that's just how he's set up, you know. But, hey, Richards, like, Lamette. You know, Davies, because Davies does not eat innings. Hey, Lucchese, if Lucchese ends up cracking the rotation or whatever it is, hey, five or six, man, and then hand it over to the bullpen. That's the, that's that's all you need to do. And then we'll just fucking hand it to the bullpen, we'll backpack our way to the ninth inning, and just shut motherfuckers down. Like, that's not a bad way to go about it, especially because they have guys who can go multiple innings, and they don't have to go back-to-back nights, right? Like, they're not going to get burned out like they were the first half of last year where Warren was throwing every five days. And they're not going to have that fucking home run back then. Uh, God damn it, what's his name now? I forget his name. Salmon. That home run magnet Salmon's <laughs> not going to be in there either. So addition by subtraction. Yeah. I like that. So, so where, yeah, dude, I'm pumped. where, where I'm, are they going next? Right. Cause when the off season starts, like, Hey, we need a left-handed bat in the outfield. Boom. We have Grisham. Hey, we need a, an on-base guy. Um, Hey, we got fam. Well, we got Grisham. Fam and Grisham. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we need to address second base. Well, they have Profar, albeit for one year, but now yeah. like that's everything, right? Like you're not going to upgrade at, at third. You're not making a move at short. You're not, unfortunately making a move at first. Your outfield set. 
I mean, what, where are they going from there? I mean, all that's left at this point is like, hey, maybe we make Jumping a big Myers. splash and get someone for second base. I don't, I don't know. Like Profar is there, but I he's don't think not, they're going to get someone for second base. I, I know that, but what I'm saying think, is, like, Profar is yeah. not like, oh hell yeah, like we have Profar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's a guy I can see. If yeah. there's an upgrade available, I would still take that upgrade because Profar. I mean, he could play short. He could play third. He can. He can. He can around. play all over the place. Yeah, he can yeah, move he around. He can play so all over the place. Maybe there's an I, upgrade at second I, base. Maybe an upgrade in center field pops up. Maybe we go that route. Um, maybe Hedges gets moved. Fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, I, that's that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Um, I, I I think where they go from here, I do think they still dip in the starting pitching. Um, to see what's available. I think they maybe work a trade uh, to add another starter. Um, I think that's probably on the docket. I mean, I would love, I think I did a fantasy text to you the other day where I told you, Hey, fuck it. You know, if if the moose can do it, uh, can Josh Donaldson play second base for $16 million? Dear God. No, you didn't send <laughs> but, uh, that to me. I, w- I would have laughed at you. Oh, I'm pretty sure I thought I did, but yeah, obviously I'm you know joking. He's not going to do that. <laughs> Nobody's going to do that. But, um, I, I think with Profar, I'll, I'll touch on a little bit. With Profar, you know, there were reports that he was very unhappy in Texas, namely because he didn't have a role. Like, they're not going to play him at short. They're not playing him at third. They're not playing him at second. They're just kind of playing him all over the place. He's pretty upset he wasn't traded at one of the deadlines. Um, I want to say his last year in Texas. Uh, and then he got flipped to Oakland, um, and he didn't do that well there either, obviously. So I think there's an issue of, of Profar as far as, like, his effort level. And my guess is that Preller is not going to go out and get another second baseman unless a clear upgrade is available, right? Like, unless, like, <clears throat> you know, somehow, some way the Indians say, hey, Jose Ramirez is available and here's the package that we want for him, right? Like, that, and that that's not going to happen, right? Like, or Lindor to, hey, I'll play second base, you know, if you guys trade me to a contender, you know, that, that's not going to happen, right? So I think he's going to run with Profar with the idea of, you know, he knows Preller, obviously. Um, he's very close to Tingler. I wouldn't have doubted he played in you know the Dominican uh, league with Tingler. I think the idea is we can get him here. We know what makes him tick. We can get him motivated, and we can tap into you know his potential because he's another guy too. He's he's you know what we're seeing from Preller with these with these add-ons are guys that don't strike out. Um, I mean, in Fam and Grisham, you know, they walk a lot, you know, as well, um, or they're known for you know drawing walks, getting on base, but. You know the three the three offensive ads they've made, Sam Grisham and Profar. They're all contact guys. They all they all put the ball in play. You know they put the ball in play to make things happen. Um, so I do wonder. Um, well, I don't wonder. I, I think they're going to run with Profar and think like, hey, we can motivate him. You know we can tap into. You know he's got some punch. You know we can tap into his power and and get him going and make him better than what he has been. Um, I think the only thing they would do now is just add a pitcher and try to find a way to dump Myers and maybe either get a backup catcher or move on from hedges and, and flip him somewhere else. That's the only other thing I can think of. Maybe they address center field. Um, I think Preller believes in Margot cause that's his guy. You know, he traded for him. Um, so I wouldn't doubt if he, if he tries to run with him and maybe, you know, platoons him with Francher just says, fuck it. We'll give him like two and a half, three months. And if by the deadline, you know, he's not hitting and Tramiel is ready, then we'll just swap those two out. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think at this point, I, I don't think they're done. I can see them adding, but I can see them adding supplementary pieces at this point. Like, you know, hey, we're going to DFA Kinsler, um, you know, because we need, you know, to add a different backup spot or we're going to flip hedges for something. We're going to try to dump Myers, things like that, supplementary pieces. 
and maybe a big move for a starter if one's like Kluber. But I think that's going to be about it. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, looking at the trade market for a starting pitcher, I mean, looking at the money that Wheeler got, for example, if Wheeler got that kind of money, I can only imagine what Strasburg and Cole are going to get. Not saying that Wheeler oh, yeah. you know, is, is a chump, but I can only imagine what kind of money that those dudes are going to get, especially the longer that it drags out. So it's just kind of like, eh, maybe we should look in the trade market and you know, we'll we'll see what's out there. I mean, I you yeah. you, uh, you mentioned that you were thinking about uh, Tommy Pham, and you were almost going to tweet it out, um, but almost very close. Tommy Pham never crossed my mind, and sure enough, now he's a Padre. So I mean, I'm sure again, yeah. Preller he's he's going to unturn every single stone and see what's out there, and you know maybe they make a move for a starting pitcher in the trade market. I would be open to that. Um, I'm getting to the point where like after Framil was traded, after Urias was traded, I'm like, dude. I've had the Band-Aid ripped off a couple times. Like, bring on the trades that sting. Bring them on. Because I'm, I'm yeah. totally fine with it. And I, n- I never thought that it would hurt to lose Edwards anyways, honestly. He, he's going to be a good yeah. prospect. He's going to be a good player. He's a good prospect. But you can't hug prospects. You you can't fall in love with prospects, no. and you can't hug them and, and refuse to let them go. You have to part with them at some you time. You have to because hang on to the You have so one. many pieces, and yeah. you don't have enough spots for these guys. And we're starting to see some movement, and, and, and I really like that. I do too. And I, and I agree with you. Like you can't hug, like to me, you have to identify like who are your just elite guys, right? Like who are the guys you're absolutely not going to trade. Tatis was one of those guys. Um, Paddock seemed to be one of those guys because they, you know, people kick the tires on Paddock and um, when, when the Padres got him, but like I look at Gore and he's not going fucking anywhere. He's not going anywhere. Um, I think Coutinho is about as safe as you can get without being a hundred percent slam dunk. I don't think they're going to trade Trammell just because they just picked him up. They gave up a popular player um, to get him, and I think they really like Trammell. Um, and I, I and he's playing him in center field, so I think that's he's he's viewing him like by this time next year, this guy's going to be penciled in for our everyday center field spot. So I don't think he's going anywhere either. Everybody after that, I think, is on the fucking market. Like Campusano, Arias. Um, I'm trying to think of some other guys a little bit like Weathers. Uh, Cantillo, who's probably going to make a pretty big jump in their list now that you know Edwards is off there. Abrams, I don't think will go anywhere either. So that'd be my guess right now. Gore is absolutely untouchable. Patino, Abrams, and Tremel are about as close to being uh, untouchable without being 100% as you can get. And everybody else is up fucking up for grabs if the right piece is available. Yeah. Like you know, if the I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't even know what the trade market like. What the trade market is, right? Like Kluber's the only guy I can think of that like Cleveland wants to save money. They need some players. Um, maybe you can match back up with them. But like, who the fuck is available on the trade market? Like, who's who's out there that we could actually like think about Preller acquiring? Because I'm I'm drawing blank. Like, there's there's quality players out there. I think uh, the Marco Estrada. I think pitches for the Mariners. Like, he's a quality starter. He eats innings. He does pretty good run prevention. But like. He's not an ace, right? I mentioned Michael Pineda. Like, yeah, he's you know relatively above average run preventer, strikes out you know a batter per nine, uh, you know a batter per inning. Like, he's a solid grab, but you know who's who's really out there on crappy teams that are looking to sell? I I feel like that market is really really thin. Yeah, I think I think the best. Uh course of action at this point i mean who knows you never know what can happen even next week at the yeah meetings, fuck, you're right honest. about tommy fam you know yeah i never thought the Rays would give up on i mean they just got him yeah. they hose the cardinals on that deal i'm stunned yeah that they i mean i'm not stunned because it's the Rays, but at the same time it's like 
you know, all joking aside, like, yeah, absolutely not. I would never have thought of Tommy Pham just because you know, he's under team control for two years and he's relatively cheap given his production. Yeah, so it's like I, I look at it and I look at the arms. Maybe they upgrade uh, at the winter meetings. But what, honestly, at this point, is is it the worst thing in the world to you if they roll with what they have going into next year? You see who has oh. a solid spring um, and kind of reassess where you're at at the trade deadline next year because who knows what will be available yeah. next year. See, and, and I think people might get mad at that, at the idea of, you know, hey, this is our roster now, right? Like we're done making moves as far as like, you know, if, if this is like me, he is our captor. Hosmer's at first, far second, Tati short, uh, Machado third, and then in the outfield it's Fam, a combo of Margot and Franchi. I hope I, I, I Franchi can't stay off the damn injured list, but ideally. But even if it's just Margot, like I think getting Fam and then obviously Grisham, like to me that just bought Margot a lot more rope. And if they say like this is it, like we're done making like these major moves, you know what we're gonna do now is like okay, let's try to figure out a way that we can get rid of Myers um, and how much we have to eat to do that and what we could possibly get back depending on how much will he, you know, does Hedges have any value? Can we flip them elsewhere? Because I think they have to trade Hedges. They absolutely have to move him. As long as he is on the roster, and I, I don't know if, you know, I think Tingler likes Mejia. He seems to be the prowler guy. Like, give me the guy with the loud tools. Um, they're obviously retaining Braha strictly for that reason, to work with catchers, Mejia included. But uh, I think you got to get rid of Hedges. Like, you can't have him in there basically just being around and the pitchers knowing, like, oh, he frames really well and having that in the back of their mind. Because whether or not it's true, that's going to be in the back of the pitcher's mind of, like, oh, Mejia cost me that fucking strike. If Hedges was catching, I would have gotten that. Yep. You know, you know that's going to be there. You know it. And whether they do it on purpose or not, you know that's going to be there. And I think you have to flip him. So I think that's what their winter meetings is probably going to be like. And I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with they say, like, this is our team. Like we, we believe in this team. We have reinforcements coming. Like this is our team. And then focusing, you know, trying to dump those other guys, you know, the, the excess guys that, you know, they don't need or don't want at the winter meetings and, you know, flipping those guys for whatever it is they get. But I'm, I'm cool with them running with what they got. I, I think they have a puncher's chance at a wild card this year. And they're definitely better now than they were a year ago, even after they signed Machado. I, I don't think that that's, up for, up for argument. I think they're absolutely better now than they were, you know, a year ago, even considering Paddock, Machado, and Tatis making the roster, which we had no idea was going to happen, you know, a year ago this time. Yeah, and what I will say is bringing in guys like if if Grisham hits like what we hope he's going to hit, and if Fam, if Tommy Fam is Tommy Fam, that you're right, it it gives Margot a lot more slack, and it also kind of helps with the crater that you have at first base in in the lineup. You know, any uh, any pieces that you can supplement to kind of um, to help you out to where that doesn't sting as bad. I mean, we'll take, and that's that's mainly why I think Hedges has to go. But um, you can only have so many holes offensively, and uh, at this point in time, contractually, yeah. when you look at it, I mean, the first base is the hole that's gonna we're gonna be stuck with as opposed to the catching position. So we'll see, we'll see, man. But I think when it comes down to it, when you and I look at the trade, we like it. Uh, you and I like the trade a lot more than Blake I love Snell. It, man. I <laughs> like love the it. trade. 
Um, we, <laughs> if you guys saw on Twitter, John Boy had uh, tweeted out that Blake Snell was uh, he was streaming on was it Fortnite, whatever the hell he was playing, and they got his Thank live God reaction for to online the trade. streaming. Yeah, Thank they got God his, for live streaming. They got his God. live reaction to the trade, and uh, I'll you know I'll go ahead and play it right now, and uh, just know that the audio that you're gonna hear comes after an emphatic face palm. <laughs> fam up for Renfro and a damn slap dick prospect. <laughs> we gave up fam for fucking Renfro and a slap dick prospect. First of all, he sounded like Hammer from my beloved Ben and Woods on uh, number one sports station, San Diego, 97.3 The Fan. But uh, I, I digress. But yeah, you know I like the trade. Blake Snell doesn't like it so much. You know what? If, if he loves fam that much, I invite him to come over to San Diego as well. Maybe we'll toss another, another deal together for him. Oh, yeah, that might that might be that that one might cost Patino, <laughs> rightfully so, rightfully so. That's probably the one guy I'd say, okay, I'm okay with Patino because you know Snell's under contract for like four more years, I think, on the cheap. So well, that'd be the one guy I'm like, okay, I can give up Patino. Dude, honestly, I think Patino's going to be a stud, an absolute stud. But the I thing that too. we all have to remember is if he's traded, we're gonna get a piece back. You know what I mean? Like we're not oh, trading yeah. him for yeah. trash. We're gonna get a stud in return. We're not. So, we're not. We're not trading him for the trademarked HJ Preller. If so and so bounces back or under so and so's tutelage, he's a four or five win player, exactly. right? Like we're not doing what the what the Reds did with Sonny Gray, right? It's like, well, he's getting his college pitching coach and under this tutelage and this coaching staff <laughs> and this system. He could bounce back. Like, it worked out well for the Reds. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Like, it worked out really well for the Reds. But at the end of the day, like, the Padres aren't making that move. Like, that's a that's your take. That's basically the Reds took a flyer and gave Lenny Gray a contract on, like, fucking hope. Exactly. <laughs> and it just happened to work out for him last year. But that's what it is. We're not doing that if we trade Patino, obviously. And we're not doing that with Sam. That's a good point, actually. You bring up, like, you mentioned the Dickerson stuff earlier, right? Like, platoon guy. Like, we're not taking a flyer on on fam right like we know we're getting an above average hitter like guys consistently 15 20 30 percent above league average as a hitter like guys on average per baseball reference since like the last three years has basically been a four to five win player like that's that's a borderline mvp candidate he's certainly an all-star like that's what we're getting and we're replacing will myers and hunter renfro with that type of player that is huge an absolute huge move yeah so I agree. If we trade Patino, that's what we're getting. We're getting something like that back for like it's basically be like a Chris Sale level return. If we, but I don't think they're going to trade him. I I think he's like ninety nine point nine percent untouchable. And I agree with you. I think he's going to be an absolute stud. He'll be overshadowed, but he'll be an absolute stud. Yeah, that's it's going to be fun watching those two compete at the top of the rotation. And the thing is, like all the focus is on those two guys, and they're going to be battling out for the top spot in the rotation. You know who pisses? You know who that pisses off? Chris Paddock. He's going to be like, yo, what the fuck? Stone cold <laughs> yeah. Chris Paddock. Chris Paddock's going to be like, yo, what the fuck, dude? Like, I'm right here. And that's going to piss him off. Yeah. And that's going to motivate him even further, dude. So, yeah, man, that, that top three, that's that's going to be tough to beat. But, again, if they give up Patino, man, they're getting something else back. I mean, if it's – honestly, I, I'd trade him for Ramirez from Cleveland. But um, it, for me, yeah, yeah, three that, years. Yeah, three absolutely. years control is, is the sticking point for me. If it's a two-year guy, I don't want him for Patino. Depends I don't on the care. player. Dude, it, if it, like, if it's Javi Baez, I would not no. trade him for Cindergard. No, yeah. no. Even I, with I three, years, three years, I wouldn't do it for Baez. I need three yeah. years of control. It, it, if you can get me a guy like Ramirez, done deal. 
yeah, if it's three years, it has to be an absolute. Like, I love Javi Baez. He's an exciting player. He brings a lot to the table. But that 315 on base sticks out like a sore thumb to me. Like, I love Javi Baez, but what he brings to the table isn't necessarily what we need. Like, we don't need a, an electric well, it goes against the moves that they have just made. Like, it goes against the, the theory yeah. that they're trying to implement going forward with on base. Yeah. And then uh, Pete Seidler, he was on with uh, my beloved coach, Cantera, uh, on 97.3, the fan. <laughs> and he had mentioned, after coach got to shake his hand, uh, they started talking about <laughs> the team and going forward. And uh, Seidler's like, oh, I'd like to see these guys more aggressive on the base pass. And I think Tingler said that before as well, man. I love yeah, that. If you get guys that get on base and the guys that are aggressive on the base pass, man, give me all that. I, I think that that would yeah. help. When you put the pressure on the other team, that helps. And it makes it more exciting for us as fans to watch. So, Dude, I, It goes back that. to something that the late, great God rest his soul, Kevin Towers said when they hosted an interleague series and Tampa came to town at Petco. And he's like, these motherfuckers are just running all over the place. All they did was get on base and just run circles. You know, it's constantly like – first to third home to you know first to home second to home like they're just constantly running and he's like god that sounds exciting and you're right tingler did mention that um i don't want to go back to the 1980s you know or just hitting ground balls and hit runs and shit but i do think yeah they're making a concerted effort to get guys who can actually work because now you got guys like if you have grisham fam and tatis one two three all those motherfuckers can score from first on a double easy yep. peasy all of them. And Grissom, I mean, and Grissom isn't like, like I said, he's not like a, a great runner, but he's got, I think he's got average or above average speed. You know, those guys can score. We've, we've seen what Tatis can do, right? So you're right. Like, you know, if I'm trading Patino, it's not for a hobby bias type. It, it's going to be for somebody, hey, it's got at least three years and just as like, it's just a clear and present upgrade. Jose Ramirez would be that guy. You're basically adding another all-star slash MVP caliber middle infield to an already left side MVP slash all-star infield. So, yeah, um, but yeah, man, it's, it's, it's exciting. If this is it and everything else is just like supplementary moves to get rid of money and to move guys around, I'm pretty fucking happy as a Padre fan right now. I want more. Don't get me wrong, but I think after the, the, the first, you know, the Pomeran signing and then the Reyes trade where people are like, oh, I don't know about this. This, this completely turns, I think the off season around and, and has made them completely better. Like, I like the Profar trade. They didn't give up a lot to get him. I think Profar is a at, at least a lateral move, maybe better depending on you know how much Arias adjusts. Grisham is better than Myers. He is better than Renfro, I believe. Sam is easy, easily becomes the third best player on the team, you know. And then plus full seasons of Paddock, Tatis, and Lamette, and a bounce back from Machado. Things are looking up. I think things are looking pretty good. Uh, you know, when we have a little bit of patience and let AJ do what he's what he's looking to do. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, I think long story short, you and I are big fans of the uh, Tommy fan trade. And yeah, um, I mean, absolutely. like you said, you always want hard more. as a rock. <laughs> naturally, you, you always want more. And the, the winter meetings are next week in San Diego. So God knows what can happen. So maybe we'll record another emergency podcast at that point in time. I very much look forward to that if that's the case. But uh, you're going to come back before Starling Marte. <laughs> Um, no, nothing, nothing else right now. Oh, I do want to throw it out there, uh, just in case, uh, nobody, uh, well, nobody knows, uh, but, uh, this podcast does cost money guys. So, uh, be on the lookout because, uh, I am actually working on some, some 5.5 pod merch. So keep an eye out. I'll tweet it all out when it goes out there, but, uh, Eric and I might be coming up with some stuff for you guys to represent. 
your fifth favorite podcast, according to Drunk Flans Full. So uh, <laughs> once that happens, I'll drop all that stuff. And, uh, you know, maybe you guys can uh, help Eric pay for this uh, hosting website. <laughs> if one goddamn shirt sells, I would be shocked. <laughs> I would be absolutely shocked. I would be stunned. I would be elated, but yeah. stunned nonetheless. Yeah, we'll say so uh, Danny's creating a shirt, shirt. So if you want to buy, sh- everyone's selling shirt these shirts these days. That um, hey, I have uh, shirts for sale. Is the new I have a podcast on Padres Twitter. So take a look out for that. Uh, <laughs> one last thing I, I want to throw out there on the topic of money and and uh, in that sense, uh, Ryan Cohen. You've been following along with that and uh, Camp Kasem. Yeah, absolutely. I have. I've donated to the cause. I've retweeted the cause. DM the young man myself. Absolutely. Oh, have you? Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, if you guys haven't, make sure you guys go to his page uh, or his Twitter account, uh, Ryan Cohen. Everyone knows who Ryan Cohen is. At Ryan Cohen 24. That's uh, Ryan C O H E N 24. Uh, he is raising money once again to go towards Camp Kasem. And what Camp Kasem does is it takes uh, children whose parents have been affected by cancer, either battling cancer or they lost their parents to cancer, and they give them a summer camp. And, uh, I could tell you guys, I lost my dad to prostate cancer in 2010. I was 20 years old and I couldn't imagine being even younger than that. And, you know, having to deal, having to deal with that, I, I could have really used something like that. So it's, uh, that's when I saw last year that he was, uh, trying to raise money towards that. I'm like, Oh man, I got to do anything I can to help out. So, uh, if you guys can, I know it's the holidays. I know you're paying money, uh, for presents and for all that stuff that's going on. But, um, Five bucks, man. It, Five dude, bucks is all it's safe. It, it goes is, a long it means way. The world to these kids. It goes a long way. So his his original goal was three thousand, and in the first day he was over. I want to say over four thousand, and right now he's uh, almost at fifty five hundred bucks. So uh, if if you guys can spare anything, go on there. I mean, dude, I I went to In and Out today after our uh, after a baby birthing class and spent seventeen bucks. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you know we can. Uh, we can spare that and uh, give it to kids that could use it much more than us. So uh, if you feel so inclined, go ahead and do it. We would appreciate it on our behalf. But um, Danny, anything else before we get out? Uh, no, that'd be it, man. It feels fucking good to be a Padre fan today. Let me tell you, I'm going to bed happy tonight uh, as I go Postmates myself some Carl's Jr. since uh, <laughs> this trade has interrupted my dinner. <laughs> it's almost midnight, dude. You're going to Postmate I'm Carl's Jr.? I'm fucking starving. <laughs> I haven't eaten all day. I am starving, and the fucking trade happened. And I'm like, oh god, now we're gonna podcast, and we're working out how we're gonna podcast because I have dad duties, and you know, you're way the fuck out in a different county than I am, or a different uh, zip code. So uh, I'm still hungry. So, but nonetheless, we appreciate the listen. Um, god, it feels fucking good. This trade feels good, man. It does. We'll see trade. you guys in the next trade uh, winter meetings next week. Hopefully, we'll be back next week, but who knows? Uh, we'll see you guys then. We're out here.